And I'm your co-host, Anaiso. This show is going to be about uh, the Cal Rittenhouse situation that's going on right now in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, it's, a, it's a trial that's taking place right now. This young man, is, when he was 17 years old, he's from Antioch, Illinois. When he was 17 years old, he came down to, driven by his mother, uh, from Illinois to Wisconsin, um, to guard a... a, a, a I think they said it was, well, I know it was, it was a car dealership to protect this car dealership that this man had uh, vandalized in an earlier protest that he classified as violent, but he lost $1.5 million. So he put a call out for, he said, good citizens to come, patriots, he called them, to come to Kenosha during this uprising after Jacob Blake, young black man, had been shot in the back uh, trying to get into his vehicle. And this young man, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, he decided he wanted to go, and his mother drove him down there with the weapon that had been bought by a friend of his and given to him at 17 years old. Uh, it was a Smith & Wesson M and P-15. A lot of people uh, call it assault weapons and stuff like that, but that's what it was. So this young man went all the way down to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and he was standing guard in front of this uh, car dealership. So you, you had this uprising going on about Jacob Blake, and Black Lives Matter had planned this, from what I understand, they had already planned to do something down there, and everything just blew up all at once, and it was, it, the movement was about Black Lives Matter and uh, Jacob Blake. So anyway, this young man, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse, he ended up shooting two people and killing them, and one person he seriously wounded, severing his uh, bicep on his arm, right? So what happened to me, what made me want to do this show was this week, I was talking to a lot of guys in here, and uh, I had it was it wasn't planned; it just happened. And I ended up dealing with three groups of people in here. One of the groups was a group of guys that uh, and that juvenile offenders, right? It was three guys, and I have this issue with juvenile offenders. I think that um, they get too harsh of sentences. You know what I'm saying? And whatnot. One in particular named Budon. I've done a show about him, and he's had done a show on the podcast himself. Uh, he committed his crimes when he was 16 or 17 years old, and they gave him 40 years at 100%. You know, and he's been in here ever since then, and they're fighting to try to get some laws put on the books that will allow juveniles to get out, you know. And I just have this problem with throwing a juvenile away. So that is an issue that I had going into this Kyle Rittenhouse situation. So like I said, I talked to three groups. I talked to one group of juvenile offenders. I talked to another group of people that these were white men that... I know they're racist, but they don't know that I know they're racist. You see what I'm saying? So that was the situation with them. And the other group was an old head group of guys that had been locked up for a while, that had changed their ways and were going in a different direction. And the response that I got from each group was so different and unique, it just made me want to say something about this case and how it's affecting people in here and how people are playing it out in a way that benefits them and not necessarily looking for, as they say, the justice that needs to be had in this situation. Now, the, the first group, like I say, with juvenile offenders, I was torn because I don't believe that you should put a juvenile, and this young guy, uh, young man, Kyle Rittenhouse, was 17 years old. I don't believe that you should throw somebody in prison for the rest of their lives, right? Now, if they're a sociopath, anything like that, yeah, I get it. Some people need to be in prison, some people deserve to be in prison and not get out. But somebody that just uh, 
commits a stupid crime, whether it be a violent crime or non-violent crime, I think that there needs to be some type of understanding of the mind of a 17-year-old or 16-year-old and deciding if you're going to put them in prison for the rest of their life. Take the politics out of it. I, it's a tragedy what happened to the two gentlemen that were killed. Uh, one of them, his name was Rosenbaum, and the other guy was named Huber. That they, both of these men died. They died trying to support the cause, and I get that. You know what I'm saying? So when I was talking to these other guys that have been in here for 22 plus years, all of them have been in here over 20 years now. And like I say, the youngest one came in here, Udon, he came in, I think he was 16. He's been here 22 years and he still got more time to go. And I was like, man, I want to be consistent in how I feel and what I say. But I also want to take into account what's happening out there in the world. You know, black men are being gunned down by the police in the name of the law. And it made me angry just, you know, just thinking about the whole situation because it's like, man, I want, I want people to get a second chance, but at the same time, what do you do with somebody that, uh, he, he took it upon himself with the help of his mother, you know, uh, to come down at 17 years old and put himself in a situation that could turn hostile. And he had to know that it could turn hostile because he had an, an assault weapon. I don't understand what he thought could have happened or what he thought was going to happen or what his mother thought. But why would you put your child in a situation like that? That's one thing that I was grappling with. But at the same time, I was still saying, does he deserve a second chance? And for me, I say he does. I'm not saying that he should get five years, 10 years or whatever, 25 years, whatever the case may be. I'll leave that to them. But he's still a child. And if I'm going to say this, if I'm going to say this about Udon and other guys that I've gotten to know, I got to say the same about him, but I'm torn about that. I'm going to be honest about that because I still want something done about black men, brown men, Asian men being gunned down in the streets by the police. There's something going on that needs to be addressed, but I don't believe that throwing people in prison is going to solve that problem. I really don't. And then the second group of guys, these guys were racist. They, they don't know that I know it. I've been hustling on their conversations before and all this and that. So when they were talking about it, they were, you know, and I'm listening before I jumped in it. They were trying to make me believe, or people in the area believe, that the guys that got killed, these grown men, two grown men that got killed, and the one man that was injured, trying to make me believe that these guys were like Antifa, you know, left-leaning radical groups that the, the, the former president and everybody tries to blame as agitators that come to peaceful protests and start stirring things up. And they were trying to make me believe that these guys were them. And then they were white, so why do black people care that they got killed? You feel what I'm saying? This is some of the stuff that they were saying. So that made me angry. I just couldn't understand that. I couldn't understand, you know, you got white people, well-meaning white people, that see the injustices happening to the black and brown uh, people in this country, and they wanted to do something about it. And these, these racist white people, believing that other white people should get involved in black people's affairs and they got what they deserve. That disgusted me. So, you know, that put me on another level too. And then the other group of people that I talked to, these were old heads. And they were looking at the situation as like, look, you know, stuff happens. You know what I'm saying? But putting that young man in prison for the rest of his life, well, we know that this prison system does not do anything for us. You know, what good is going to come out of that other than retribution? because I'm about prison reform, so I'm, I'm just torn as to how this should be dealt with. And he, should he walk home 
and be able to go on and, and with no consequence? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that something needs to be done, but I think that using situations like this for political gain, and I think there is some political gain in this, you know what I'm saying? But I think that's kind of manipulating the situation, but something needs to be done. And that's where I'm at. You know, I'm torn at the at what should really happen to this young man, uh, but I do believe that something should happen to him, and it shouldn't be something like Something needs to be done to get his attention, but I don't think that sending him to prison or acquitting him is going to address the situation of black and brown people being gunned down in the streets. You know, and uh, it was one guy in particular that I had a conversation with. He really pissed me off and got me really angry. And I haven't been in that space in a long mm-hmm. time. But he, when he came, to, he came down to where I work, and I work in the gym. And he came in and he said, man, this uh, verdict right here, this is going to help us. This is going to turn things around. This is going to really help us. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, man, this is going to show how these overzealous prosecutors just take these cases knowing they don't have a case and this, 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 and that, right? And I'm listening to him. I'm like, man, look here. People don't have known from the beginning of this system that, you know, prosecutors do that and nobody's changing anything. And why are you saying this particular case is going to change something? And he's like, man, it's just this was self-defense. And when he said that, something went up in me. Like, this is not self-defense. I don't believe it's self-defense. Let me say that, even though that's what his defense is. Based on the Wisconsin law, he has the right to assert that. And he's saying that the case is an issue of self-defense. Even though he went down there with the weapon, agitated, and all this. And it's like slapping somebody, and then when they beat you up, you say, I'm the victim. So anyway, mm-hmm. this guy, he kept talking, and he was start, He This is how he was talking. He was like, Kyle did this. Kyle did that. And I'm sitting there listening to him. I'm like, he's talking as if he actually knows this man, you know. But it was this personal attachment that he had formed with him, listening to, you know, the episodes on TV and stuff like that. And it got to the point for me where I was like, okay, I've heard enough. I said, look, man, I said, I'm not going to accuse you of being a racist or anything like that. But I said, I believe this young man is a racist. I believe he's a white supremacist. And he said, what you basing it on? I said, man, after he got out of jail on bond, he was at a Proud Boys bar with a shirt on that, that smiled some of those views. And he shot, he put up this this hand symbol. It's like the OK symbol. But that's one of the symbols that white supremacist and Proud Boys use now, right? It kind of looked like when the blood hit up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I said, based on that, I'm saying that this dude is a racist now, unless he got there and they told him to throw this up and he didn't know what was going on, then if that's the case, come out and say that, but that's not what he said, you know? So anyway, I'm saying this dude is a racist. And something needs to be done. And I said, you supporting that. I said, either you are ignorant to what's really going on, you're not even talking about the young man that they were down there for a protest, Jacob Blake, they got shot in the back. You're not talking about the, the young man that was killed, George Floyd, by having the, the police officer put his knee on his neck. You're not talking about that. You're talking about this from a selfish standpoint, saying this is going to help us. And it made me feel like he was trying to manipulate me into understanding where he was coming from, pull me to his side by saying this was going to help us. Now, this is not going to help us. This is not going to help us. This is not about you and me in the sense that, uh, in the sense that he was trying to make it like our cases. You know what I'm saying? And as I looked into it deeper, I learned something. His case is similar. 
but totally different. And he was trying to say that his case was self-defense. And he had an overzealous prosecutor. And it pissed me off that he was taking this issue and making it personal. And it pissed me off that he was trying to hide behind, in my opinion, the racist ideology that is being put out surrounding this case. It pissed me off that he tried to recruit me in his own way to come into his understanding by lying to me, by trying to manipulate me through that conversation. And I sat there and I sat there and I'm saying to myself, because I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in positive and negative energy. And I sit there and I'm like, okay, I can't give in to this. But I found myself, I was so agitated, I had to say enough, man, enough. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm, I'm over, uh, <laughs> and I want to be delicate when I say this, you know, because I don't want to offend anybody that listens to the show. I just don't. It's not where I'm at. But I'm over certain people trying to tell me or, or, or put the narrative out and dictating what I should think and what I should feel. And if, it, and if I don't agree with that, then I don't understand what's going on. Trying to make me feel like I'm ignorant, which I know I'm not ignorant to the fact. I, I may not be out there on the streets, but I stay up on issues pretty much just about as good as anybody else as best as I can. And in that conversation, he tried to make me feel like it. And I, I just kept saying to myself, what is really going on with this case and other cases that are going on out there? And that's why I wanted to say something about this case. The verdict mm. hasn't been handed down yet. They're having closing arguments as we speak. Uh, and I'm going to do a follow-up to this episode about whatever the verdict is, innocent or guilty, acquitted or not, whatever it is, I'm going to do a follow-up episode about it because I really want to understand what is going on and why it is so hard for some people to understand that what he did was wrong. What he did was wrong. He went down there with a, an assault weapon. He says with the intent on guarding some property, a car mm. dealership. He went down there with an AR-15 or what they call, no, not an AR-15, but an M and P-15. That's what they call that. That's a salt weapon, Smith & Wesson. A 17-year-old. His mother drove him there. His mother drove him from Antioch, Illinois, to Kenosha, Wisconsin, so he could participate in this. And for whatever reason, neither she or him thought that it could turn violent. That behooves me. I don't get that. And if for some reason people are blown away that something happened, and then you have people, celebrities, sending him money to help him make bond. I think he's raised almost a half a million dollars to help in his defense and his bond. But they're sending him money saying that this was self-defense. And I think it's a slap in the face to black and brown and Asian people all over this country. I just believe that. I just believe that with no offense, no offense to any of our listeners that happen to be Caucasian. I love everybody. I really do. But I'm just at this point now where I don't understand why we have to compromise, how, why we have to have an understanding of an ideology that says some people are self-serving to others. I just don't get that. I don't get that. And I just don't get that people are making arguments like this. At the same time, like I say, I'm torn about putting this young man in prison for the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? I'm torn by that. Because if I feel that way about him, I have to feel that way about my friend Hudon and being consistent and not being hypocritical. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. And I say that not because of the, the circumstances are different. They're very different. But I say that because the system is not built 
to help anybody. You see what I'm saying? And if the system is not built to help Udon, me, or anybody else that comes to it, it's not built to help him either. So what, what justice is going to come out of this? This is not about justice. This is about retribution. But something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And that's all I'm going to say tonight. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to get off my soapbox. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there will be some people out there that have uh, opinions about what I said and want to. Uh, and if you do, I would appreciate it if you uh, send, a, send your comments to doing time with Joe T at gmail.com. And we'll see what we can do to respond to them. We might even put your questions on the show. Uh, and I appreciate you for listening. Like I always say, if you like the show, share it on your social media. If you really like it, you know what I'm saying, donate to the cause. We appreciate you. And thank you uh, for your attention. Be blessed. Thank you for using GTL 